Kia ora, I'm Jessie Chang and today on The Detail, Auckland's rubbish has to go somewhere. A massive and controversial proposal to build a landfill in Auckland's Dome Valley has been approved. A panel of independent commissioners today released their decision giving permission for Waste Management New Zealand to construct and operate the 60 hectare landfill north of Walkworth. But in this case, there's a lot more than just the environment to consider. The cultural impacts is the one that's been underestimated by waste management. I'd have a plan B. The main council planners actually sat there and said that they did not have the expertise to consider manawha whenua views. They said that their spiritual cultural views, their concerns, were not tangible. They said they were intangible. We are united in our efforts and endeavours and invite all iwi to join us to overturn and to appeal this decision because the decision is catastrophic. The Dome Valley tip decision was not unanimous. The panel's chair voted against it, saying she felt the intangible cultural and spiritual values of Māori weren't properly considered. Now the case is heading to the Environment Court and iwi are determined to see it through to the end. The RMA protects the rights of Māori and ensures that cultural considerations need to be factored in. One long-term fighter for the environment says times have changed from when Pākehā councillors railroaded over intangible objections. But that doesn't solve the question of where our biggest city dumps its waste. How are we going to get a landfill in Auckland when the opposition from iwi is kind of in principle rather than site-specific? So that means an awful conundrum for decision-makers and for the council. In the end, we wouldn't want a situation where the council and waste management run out of time because they've they picked the wrong horse with this site and they have to start over. So, you know, this is, this is quite a, a, a vexed problem. And we're running out of time to solve it. Redvale will be full by 2028, Hampton Downs soon after, and Whitford about the same time. Gary Taylor, the chairman of the Environmental Defence Society, has also been a city and regional councillor. He knows better than most that no one wants a rubbish dump on their doorstep. You know, local people don't like the traffic, they don't like the potential for smell, all those local effects on their environment. Mm. So this one, I think, was somewhat typical, really. You're the chairman of the Environmental Defence Society. Some people may think you have a particular view about landfills, but it's important to note that you actually do see that there is a need for a landfill. Absolutely. There's something approaching 2 million tonnes of uh, waste that goes to landfill every year. We have recycling. Recycling is... um, problematical at the moment because some of the previous markets for recycled product overseas have shut down. We've got repurposing, reuse, particularly in the construction sector, a lot of effort going into that area. Little depots around the around Auckland where people can take material for reuse. Uh, but all of that is pretty much a drop in the bucket. You know, we need landfills, we will do for the uh, foreseeable future. People may not like them, but they're an essential bit of our regional infrastructure. And if done properly, they should not have a negative impact on the environment. 
I suppose the difference was that the, the last big landfill in Auckland was Redvale uh, that was consented, and that was a, an old quarry. So it was already a hole in the ground, a lime uh, quarry that had really good uh, geological features for a landfill. This one is in a, is in a valley uh, with a lot of watercourses running through it, about 14 kilometres of permanent and ephemeral streams running through it that are going to disappear. And so that makes it a little bit different in terms of the environmental sensitivity of the site. It also has got Hoxteader's frog, which is a, a, a an endangered species of frog mm. in New Zealand. It's got bats, which are threatened, and it's got you know potential for stream warming that could um, impact on in-stream biota, on macroinvertebrates and, and flora. The stormwater running off from the impermeable surfaces would be warm warmer than the natural water running off forest or pasture. Right. And, and that was that was contested evidence in the case. There's lots of detail around this decision that you'd want to query. And I'm sure this is all going to go on appeal to the Environment Court where this will all get thrashed out, all this detail, with dozens and dozens of expert witnesses on both sides. Uh, but I come back to the point that I think that the, the second dimension here, the cultural impacts, is the one that's been underestimated by waste management. We'll come back to Gary Taylor later, but he raises what is perhaps the central issue in this case. How do you mitigate the cultural and for Māori the spiritual impacts of a landfill? About a 10-minute drive north of Walkworth, there's a narrow two-lane bridge over a small river. If you're not paying attention, you'll miss the small yellow sign that says it's the Hōtel River, and right next to its banks is a waste management property. I'm here with Nicola McDonald, who is the CEO of the Nati Manuhiri Settlement Trust, and well, we can't really even get to the hotel from here, can we? <laughs> it's all kind of fenced off by waste management. That's right, yes. Yeah, I mean, there are other parts that we can drive to um, to the hotel, but it's some distance from here. But this is the land area that's being purchased, and it's huge what they've purchased. And you can see it's really beautiful pasture land, Mm. And the hotel runs right through it, and um, there's going to be uh, such a, a major landfill development here that what we're looking at right now will be changed if we are unsuccessful in our appeal. That dump is right next to the hotel river that I grew up in, and it runs directly into the Kaipara Harbour that I grew up in. How can people who don't even live anywhere near the area in which they've approved the dump, agree to it. What sort of people have we got in there? Building the 60-hectare landfill would be a massive operation. Waste management says it'll take about four years with earthworks over more than 136 hectares. And it's not just the rubbish dump itself. There will also be other facilities, including new roads and creation of ponds. Ngāti Manuhiri are the mana whenua, meaning they are the tribe that holds the authority over the area. 
from the time of our treaty negotiations in 2011, Ngāti Manuhiri uh, saw that this land would be a, a return to settle to support settling outstanding grievances with the Crown. Now that being said, the Crown and other and other groups, uh, that land was sold to waste management. We didn't um, know that they were looking to set up a landfill um, at the time of when they purchased. Uh, we knew, like most uh, most other Kiwis in our community, with that what the intentions were was when they uh, filed their resource consent application. Without consultation? Without consultation. How did that feel? Well, it made us feel sick, physically sick. Waste management applied for resource consent from Auckland Council two years ago. The backlash since then has been huge. Hundreds of people bust to Auckland to take part in a hikoi against waste management's plan to build the landfill in the Dome Valley. Locals have been fighting a proposed landfill for months, today taking that battle to Parliament. Petition of Michelle Carmichael requesting that the House urge the government to ban landfills near waterways. Then last November... A marathon Auckland Council independent hearing into the proposed development of a controversial dump near Walkworth has got underway this morning. And this month, the decision from that hearing was released. A green light for waste management. I was completely shocked. There were over 150-plus submissions from science uh, to cultural through to community and social citizens that really uh, highlighted to the independent commissioners why this resource consent needs to be declined. The RMA protects the rights of Māori and ensures that cultural considerations need to be factored in. And in this occasion, and with this application, our rights of our spiritual connection, which goes long before the RMA, long before 1840 and the treaty was signed, which stretches back centuries, and our cultural and spiritual connections were not taken into account. Because in the submission, there was talk that the land... Is it's not just physical a physical dimension. There's the the spiritual dimension to it as well. What does that mean? Well, you're absolutely right. When we think about the land, uh, think about the whenua. The whenua is nurtures you physically. So we know that you can grow, you can grow food which will nurture you physically. Uh, we know that on the land we can build a shelter which will look after you and your family. Uh, but it's much more than that. The whenua connects mana whenua, the way in which a tribe holds its rights, its customary associations and practices are held by maintaining uh, a physicality on the land. And by maintaining that continuous physicality, it means we have maintained our mana whenua. So both whenua and mana whenua go hand in hand together. One does not exist without the other. By having a landfill means that the pollution of waste infects the whenua, Papatuanuku herself. So instead of the land being nourishing and life-giving and life-sourcing, what we are doing is placing waste into that whenua which diminishes her mana. We are the children of Papatuanuku, we are the children of the land. So by 
doing this actually poisons all of the land and the um, the forests, the birds, the animals, everything that has an interconnectedness to that whenua becomes infected. Where we see impact, risk and assault on part of the whenua, there is a flow-on effect that will cascade out to all parts of the wider whenua. So by putting a landfill at the headlands of the hotel, not only affects the headlands, but the water flows down and it flows underground and feeds all of Papatuanuku, the whenua. And when it flows down, it flows down into the Kaipara, the Kaipara Moana, who have undertaken a huge restoration program. Part of the Hōtio River will be covered up. Some of the streams there will be covered up Yes, by the landfill, right? That's right. And when we think of that, everything in Papatuanuku has, just like ourselves as human beings, we have veins. Veins carry, uh, carry everything that we need, all of our nutrients to all parts of the body. And in the same way of that whenua, there are tributaries, little streams, little inlets that flow all and around that, um, the land and into the hotel. By closing these off, by damming these up, we suffocate the land and the land becomes suffocated because it no longer has the why, the water to feed and nourish. Waste management say that they spent 13 years looking for a site, a suitable site, and came Mm. across this one as their preferred site. There's been history of uh, landfills that councils have identified, like the proposed one at Waiiti some years ago, that fell over because of community opposition, and others that get consented, you know, like Red Vale, like Hampton Downs and the Waikato, and run well for many years, providing an essential service, really, to Auckland. We obviously need to find another one. Do you know much about alternative sites? No, I don't. And um, if if I did, I certainly wouldn't name one, <laughs> especially <laughs> on the radio. Hotly uh, contested that, there. That, that would be right. Uh, I think. I think. Um, you know, there will be other sites. There inevitably will be other sites, and I think that waste management can be relied upon to have looked at all of them. They they may have a plan B. You know, I don't know. But there will be other sites. The problem that we've got is that the time horizon is shortening. Redvale uh, reportedly will close in 2028 or so. Um, Hampton Downs, which takes a lot of Auckland's waste at present, is running out of time as well. Come the 2030s, there will be a need for at least one more landfill. You know, how, how do landfills actually work? And in, in my mind, you have these big machines that chuck rubbish into the space and then, I don't know, does that all that weight kind of push it down into the ground? Well, what happens is uh, that you, you dig a hole, you put clay liner to stop wastewater getting through it. Right. You then put another liner of impervious polyurethane urethane type material down. You then put um, drainage pipes to take the water that falls through the bottom and recirculate it into the top. 
and then you put you start putting rubbish in. You do it in a you know small area by small area. You don't just throw it all into the into a, a great big hole, and you cover it and you reticulate it with pipes to gather the methane gas that is comes out of the out of the landfill, and you use that methane to generate electricity, which has been done in Auckland now since the early 90s with landfills, done at Redvale, done at Green Mount, which is now a closed one, and would be done here. Have there been a lot of cases where a weather event happens and has caused things to just spill out? Yeah. How likely is that to happen? Well, it's not likely to happen with a with a modern landfill because they're engineered uh, around that kind of uh, possibility. But it certainly does happen and has happened around older landfills. On the West Coast, for instance, mm. there was a river breached its banks and took away a landfill and the locals spent months trying to clean it up. A lot of landfills around rural New Zealand are reclaimed mangrove forests, you know, in estuaries. And with the slowly rising sea level and increased storm surges as a result of climate change, a lot of them are at risk. Gary Taylor says historically this country has just not been great when it comes to dealing with waste. And I suppose, well, one question is how can we minimise the amount of material going to waste? And that's where the zero waste targets come in. Yeah. You know, it's you're not necessarily going to get to zero, but it's a target to aim for. And Auckland Council in particular do have a zero waste target, so zero waste landfills by 2040, which, if you think about it, is not that long away. No, and, and you'd have to say that's a pretty heroic um, goal to aim for. I'm not criticising it, I'm just saying at the moment... Two million tonnes or thereabouts and counting, and it's not going down. It's pretty well flatlining, as I understand it. We're going to need landfills beyond 2040, I would say. And I guess, you know, once upon a time, councils were the ones who ran the landfills. If that is the case, residents do get a lot more say about where a landfill goes. Do you think that? We're in this position today in regards to the Don Valley landfill because councils have a lot more of a hands-off approach. Well, I, I think I think councils do have a hands-off approach and it is a bit surprising when you look at it because if this is an essential bit of infrastructure, I mean, in, in the past they would they would own the landfill and contracted out to a private sector company like Waste Management or EnviroWaste to run the site. Mm. But now the whole deal is being done by Waste Management. They they select the site, they own the site, they run it, they make a lot of money out of it. And that seems to me to be putting all your eggs in the private sector basket from the council's point of view. I'd have thought that with something as important as rubbish... You know, it's a core council function. Uh, they would be much better off having it brought closer to home and, and more control, more strategy, more ability to look ahead and plan ahead rather than run out of time. So, yeah, I think I think it is. it does seem a bit anomalous and a bit of a risk to be doing it the way that they're doing it. 
could be an easy position to, to view waste management as the bad guys in, in this case. And that might be a position that a lot of people might want to take. But they are a perfectly reputable company when it comes to dealing with waste, right? Yes, they are. Yeah, yeah. They've got, a, they've got a, an exemplary track record in New Zealand. Uh, very reliable operators of landfills. And as they would say, of um, energy recovery from landfills. My advice to waste management would have been, uh, when they started on this journey, to have talked much earlier on in the piece with Nati Manahiri and Nati Fatua. I think that was the strategic or tactical mistake that they made. You've got to talk to Tangata Whenua early on. You can't present them with a, here's an application, you know, mm. tell us what you think. That's not the way to go about it. So Auckland does need somewhere to put its waste, though. What would you say to that? Well, I'd really like to encourage Auckland Council to... Um, they have a very strong waste minimisation strategy, but there needs to be more incentives for residents of Auckland uh, to really get in behind uh, becoming champion recyclers. If people need a little bit more encouragement, why shouldn't we have some rebates? Uh, apply for a rebate if you're recycling, if you're keeping your, um, your food waste and general waste down. But most importantly, Auckland Council needs to seriously consider, is it proper, is it practice, to establish landfills that are adjacent to natural water sources. That's it for today. I'm Jessie Chang. The detail is brought to you by newsroom.co.nz and made possible by RNZ and NZ On Air. You can get us downloaded free to your mobile phone every day on any podcast platform. Alexia Russell produced today's episode. Alex Alec McMillan engineered it. Thanks to Gary Taylor and Nicola McDonald. Matewa. Matewa.